everyone thanks for tuning in this is episode number 82 today uh, we are continuing in hosting his presence we'll be in chapter 7 i want to thank you for taking the time to stop in uh, with this episode i pray that um, that these book chapters are encouraging uh, inspiring uh, i pray that they open up um, ideas and thoughts to you that uh, encourage you to grow deeper with the lord and so, just thanks for coming along, and um, we'll jump right into it. This is chapter 7, titled, Prayer That Moves Mountains. What is prayer? This may seem like a silly question, but it is so crucial to answer. How does it relate to God's presence? Prayer, in its most basic form, is heavenly conversation. This takes many different forms for many different people. It may be simply speaking from the heart, telling Jesus, the Father, or Holy Spirit, how thankful you are to them. It could be the most intense form of intercession for someone on your heart, bringing down walls with your cries to the Lord. Wherever you find yourself in prayer, God is seeking a praying people. Too many times we approach prayer from a posture of duty. As a Christian, I should be praying, just like as a Christian, I should be reading my Bible. Prayer and Scripture are two critical elements embedded in the faith walk of every healthy Christian. More often than we care to admit, we stumble through life from the many cares of this world grasping for just enough time to get the rest we need for the start of the next day. We carve out very little of our day for prayer and meditation on His Word. His Word is not just the Bible. This also includes what He is speaking to you. If He is not speaking to you, it is because you are not tuned into His frequency The static of this life competes for the internal frequency of the ear. This ear is connected to the heart and mind. We can see this illustrated as Jesus so often said, He with ears to hear, let him hear. Most everyone listening had physical ears, But not all could hear what Jesus was saying behind his words. This hidden hearing comes by way of proximity to his voice. What is he saying and what does he desire to say if only you would align your ear to his voice? Prayer is a way that we can align our spirit, mind, and heart to what he is saying. Often, when we start out in prayer, it's clunky and awkward. It may even be forced. That's okay. As we open our hearts, he will grow us in that secret place of prayer. He will increase our capacity to go deeper, 
stay longer, and experience the fullness available in His Spirit. I cannot tell you the number of times I have not known what to pray. I have only felt a longing in the deepest part of me to cry out to Him and whisper the words, Father, Holy Spirit, pray for and through me. Intercede for me and put in me the words you long to hear. Let my heart be the echo of yours. Let my mind align with your mind, and let my desires become your desires. He has always been faithful to inspire me in the secret place of prayer and touching me in ways only he can. Our Father desires a praying people. When we release the words of his heart and power, our words mix in the heavenly places to birth something we cannot understand and may never see. I wonder how many things have yet to be birthed because God has yet to find a person to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. His eyes are searching to and fro, looking for someone to show himself mighty through. This takes a person mighty in the secret place. So many want a place of public importance without first going through the secret wilderness. What did you seek when going into the wilderness? Someone dressed in fine clothes? No, they belong in palaces as kings. A prophet? Yes, and more than a prophet. Luke seven twenty four through 26 John the Baptist was first experiencing the wilderness before he experienced the baptizing. Can you be found faithful in obscurity and secret? John was put in a place of consecration in secret to the Lord before he was permitted to baptize our Lord. John said, It is I who needs your baptism. True words from John. But Jesus said, Permit it to fulfill what is written in Scripture. John needed the correct posture of heart to be positioned to see his Lord correctly. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The Israelites took 40 years to make a journey that should have taken less than a week. Now, we know that this was indeed a punishment for unbelief, but I offer another suggestion. If God had permitted them to enter the place of promise, Canaan, with the hearts they had, it would have been detrimental to them. If my intention is to give my child a car for their birthday when they aren't ready for the responsibility, it would be dangerous and irresponsible of me to give them the keys. That would show me to be a poor parent. Despite having been provided for every step of the journey out of Egypt, 
Their unbelief and disregard for God's care and provision was an indictment against the condition of their stubborn hearts. With this heart, receiving the promise would have crushed them. God's judgment is even rooted in love. How are we delaying God's promise because of our stubborn, proud, and unbelieving hearts? Let us be people of God with humble hearts who fully place our trust and hope in Him alone. No matter the wind or waves or the size of the giants, we can stand strong in the face of adversity and say, Our God is able. Many of us can boldly declare He is able, but can we declare He is willing? Like the leper that approached Jesus saying, Lord, you can heal me if you are willing. Jesus calls back to him, I am willing. It's very easy to get tangled in thinking, how can I make such a statement for him? How can I know if he is willing? This is the necessity of proximity. Devotional proximity is the prayer life God seeks. It's what Paul speaks of when he says, pray without ceasing. It is a life of prayer, a life consecrated to nearness unto him. When we receive his Holy Spirit upon salvation, we are promised a heart of flesh and the mind of Christ. If we are the body and Christ is the head, what body functions independent of the head? Our hands and fingers function both with and without conscious thought. They are so integrated that they move seamlessly and without hesitation. My fingers can move across my face and know it. My hands can, without consciously thinking, grab the cup that starts to fall from the table or the child from the bed. There is a degree of knowing his mind that we can possess. I may not be good at it, or I may miss it a lot, but that doesn't change the promise. I can have the mind of Christ. Search through the history of anyone used mightily by God and see a connecting strand between them all. They were faithful and hungry in the place of prayer. Prayer moves mountains and God's heart. From Moses' intercession on behalf of his imperiled people at Mount Sinai to Jesus healing the servant. These instances and countless others are examples of how we can impact God's actions. Hezekiah prayed to live longer, and the Lord added 15 years to his life. Do we always get what we ask for? Of course not. By now, you've likely already experienced that, and perhaps it has even caused you to stumble. We must see God as good. If we believe the lie that he is anything but good, we will fall prey to the same deception as Eve. 
she believed that God was withholding something desirable from her, failing to realize that she had been seduced with something she already possessed. They were already like God. She was made in His image already. Don't interpret this as equal to God or was God. They were like God. If a religious twinge rises in you when you hear that, consider that my son can be like me, his father. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God and created in His image. How can we not be like Him? The serpent tempted Eve with the apple because it was pleasing to the eye, good for food, and good for gaining wisdom. We see in 1 John two sixteen, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes, and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. This is the exact enticement Eve experienced. Let's consider for one moment the concept of prayer. Simply, it's a discussion with our Heavenly Father, Jesus or Holy Spirit. If Adam and Eve walked in the Garden of Eden with God, desiring anything of God, their father, they could have just spoken with him and asked. Through prayer, their father could have given them what they desired rather than trying to obtain it by disobedience. How many times do we miss out on obtaining what we desire because we don't ask our father for it? Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. James 4, verse 2. After David's sin with Bathsheba, God said that if all he had given David had not been enough, he would have given him even more. 2 Samuel 12, verse 8. Our wandering hearts lust for more causes us a great deal of suffering. If we could just understand that our Father wants to be everything we desire and crave. Let the Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit be the ones we hunger for, and we will find the satisfaction we have never known. Let us ask our Lord for what we desire and need. Let us allow Him to be our provider and our caretaker. Not only can He provide what no one else can, but our lives will be strengthened when He provides. As we seek God every day through prayer, it is my hope that you seek His heart. As His heart becomes your heart, you will find that your desires are changing. What you used to hunger for does not quite carry the same weight it once did. Perhaps it does not provide the same nourishment, but leaves you somewhat empty. As God changes you in the secret place of the devoted heart, you will notice the world does not hold the allure it once had. This is a significant transformation. The transformed heart is something that should never be overlooked. 
I've been guilty of seeking God to move in power with miraculous signs and wonders, but miss the greatest wonder we can ever truly experience, which is a transformed heart. Don't ever let that reality escape you. Your transformed heart becomes a lighthouse, a beacon of hope to the world around you, that life-transforming change is possible. We pass by people every day who are looking for transformation. They will demonstrate that through their physical body, their mind, employment, or any number of other outlets. They are looking to fill a void with something real. They are looking for a lighthouse. As you experience your own personal renewal and restoration, you become that lighthouse to the world around you. This all starts in the secret place of devotion obtained by relational proximity to the Father, His Son, and the Holy Spirit through prayer, intimate fellowship, and discovery. Before I experienced my own personal Pentecost, Christianity never had the realness that I experience to this day. A list of do's and don'ts was transformed into passion. Boxes to be checked became echoes of my heart. Things that I should do became things I couldn't live without. This is what our Lord wants each of us to experience individually. Personal, intimate, and never-ending flames of relationship with Him replace duty and obligation. As we walk in this reality, we will experience our prayers shake the heavens and rattle the earth. What you bind on earth will have already been bound in heaven, and what you loose on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. You become the tip of the spear of the kingdom of God. You become the catalyst that speeds up the reaction and the weight that rises the watermark. Your heart's cry is on earth as it is in heaven. The breath of heaven will be breathed into your prayers. Landscapes will change as the awakened sons and daughters of God begin to pray the heart of God. Our obedience and willingness partners with our Lord's ability and power. what the Father is saying, seeing on earth as it is in heaven. The home that you drive by every day in your neighborhood with a darkness over it is suddenly transformed by the fierce decree that evil must depart and flee. In the tongue rests the power of life and death. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Have you experienced the two different types of prayers? The prayer put forth from human will and effort, and the prayer breathed forth by the Spirit of the living God. There is an authority and presence behind the latter prayer. It is not hopeful and wishful, but knowing. It is in these moments we find ourselves praying in the Spirit. The former is praying in the flesh. Do not mishear me to say that flesh praying is wrong. Sometimes flesh praying is the only thing we can force out. 
flesh praying is better than no praying, but there is a more excellent way. When we align our hearts with heaven, we begin to say what the Father is saying. We know this because we are saying what the Spirit is saying. He takes what is the Father's and makes it known to us. John 16, 15. His Holy Spirit is taking what is heavenly and sharing it with His children. We align with and declare God's heart as we return those desires back to heaven from the uttered breath. Since the founding of the earth, God has desired to partner with man. Those with ears to hear can now step into a dimension of knowing before the written time. Can we shake off our religious shackles? Can we free our hearts and minds from the yoke of religious oppression? Jesus spoke the words, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot handle them. John 16, 12. Brothers and sisters in Christ, what wonderful, terrifying, and glorious truths lie within this solitary statement? What truths does he desire to unlock to you while our stiff piousness blocks that channel? You have heard it said that everything the Father wants to say can be found in his scripture. Even as I write this next portion, I find that religious spirit wrestling within me, leeching itself to my mind and heart. Dear friends, the Bible is the authoritative word of God and is sufficient for all things good and holy. There is much more the Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit wishes to say. There are insights he wishes to give regarding Scripture, secrets and mysteries of his creation in heaven and earth, truths about his nature and his person that either we aren't taught or are barely whispered about can be revealed. Now I realize that this can be a dangerous reality that I'm offering. Many good-intentioned people have started strong and ended poorly because they have not stayed true to the Father's path, and they have drifted into deceived thinking. Just because a car is dangerous doesn't mean we keep our children from learning to drive. The person of Jesus is the foundation. Keep your heart guarded from pride, self-inflation, jealousy, bitterness, and envy. Guard your heart from the flesh the world has to offer. As you twirl and spin through the halls of his wonder, you will experience realities only available to those with an ear to hear. As the Holy Spirit takes your hand and walks you through the walls of wonder, be confident that he will not let you go astray. Will we go down halls we aren't ready for or perhaps get turned around? Absolutely. That is why we have a guide. We will not get it perfect, but we must stay humble and poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5.3 Great is the reward for the son and daughter who walks hand in hand 
with the great God, Holy Spirit. Consider carefully how you hear. For those who hear, more will be given. Luke 8, 18. If you cannot accept earthly things, how is it you will be able to understand heavenly things? John 3, verse 12. What heavenly things did Jesus wish to whisper to Nicodemus? You are the teacher of Israel, and you do not understand these things? Our rationality can be a strength, but is so often a weakness. As we process information, we immediately begin rationalizing what we are hearing. Nicodemus asked, how are we born again? Do we crawl back into our mother's womb? Jesus wanted to introduce Nicodemus into a reality of heavenly truth. Jesus said he spoke in parables for those who had the ability to hear within the earthly principles. As the eagle prepares to leave its mother's nest, it must decide to flap its strong wings or remain complacent within the safety of her nest. Will we take the risk? Will we go out on limb, feeling it buckle under our weight? If we are able, we can obtain the fruit that only a limb can provide. There is a wind under our wings that only risk can provide. As the glorious wind lifts upward, it takes adjustments made mid-flight to correct our altitude. We, too, must adjust mid-flight. Will we miscalculate, misadjust, and plummet downward, grasping for something to break our fall? No doubt. It is only as we rely on our guide and helper, Holy Spirit, we can know His goodness is just as reliable as our Father. We live in a society of bad fathers, and thus assume our Heavenly Father will be the same. Our preconceptions cause us many difficulties. We think we know who God is and what He plans. We preconceive that if things do not work out as we plan, that He must not be good or all-powerful. There are times throughout all our lives that we experience evil in the world. This varies for each person, and some experience a degree of evil that others could never imagine. However, this does not change our Father, God's goodness, or power. Without question, there are times we experience, possibly without knowing, instances of God intervening and changing the course of events for us favorably. Other times, bad things happen, and we may find ourselves wondering why He permits such things. From Cain killing Abel to the modern-day hatred of between ethnic and racial groups, mankind has struggled to understand why evil happens. While God does prevent some experiences, there are apparent moments in time when He does not. In these moments of despair or misunderstanding, we are presented with a unique and special opportunity to worship Him despite our bad experiences. If we can posture our hearts appropriately, we can understand what Job experienced at the end of his trials. My ears had heard of you, 
but now my eyes have seen you. Job 42 verse 5. If we can align our heart to our Father during both the good and evil that we experience, we can understand that He can do all things and no plan of His can be thwarted. Job 42, 2. What was meant for destruction by the enemy gets turned around and used for good. We must cling to the truth that God our Father Jesus and Holy Spirit are good and desire goodness for those that love Him. Not only are they good, they have the power to bring about that which they desire. If we can rest on the truth that He is a good Father, then we can experience a peace that surpasses understanding. If your peace is explainable through understanding, then you have yet to come into the fullness of peace made available. Peace that surpasses understanding is peace that finds a landing place during the crashing waves like when Peter walked on the water. Peace that surpasses understanding is feasting at the table in the presence of your enemies. Understanding says these waves are high, rough, and dangerous. These are reasonable concerns and realities rooted in experience. But like children without reservation, we must come recklessly to our master's feet and find peace despite understanding. Can we keep our focus on his face and on his eyes that burn like fire? As we gaze upon his face, we can have a deeper peace that is beyond our understanding. Just because our understanding may be outpaced by our peace does not mean our understanding has to remain is proportionate. As our experience in Jesus grows, so does our understanding. As he unfolds the kingdom to us, my hope is that we grow in understanding. In the book of Proverbs, King David personifies wisdom and understanding as a she. Will we, we will substitute understanding for her and she. In all you're getting, get understanding. Esteem understanding, and understanding will exalt you. Embrace understanding, and understanding will honor you. Understanding will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. Proverbs 4, verses 7 through 9. These words were spoken by King David to his son Solomon, a man unmatched in wisdom and understanding. As we seek wisdom and understanding from our Heavenly Father, He is faithful and willing to open our minds to all that we can accept. Let us seek the Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in prayer. Let us seek the face of God, and we will find Him in the secret place of prayer, laying ourselves at His feet. Prayer Father, help me to hunger and thirst for you in the secret place of prayer. Increase my capacity for reckless abandon to you in prayer. 
Help me want more of you every day. Create in me a heart that desires to put you first and shed off every inferior thing. Help me to pray your heart and your kingdom come. Help grow my heart for you to be an unquenchable fire that ignites everyone and everything around me for your glory. Give me the grace to discover your heart for me through prayer and permit me to see your face in ways I've never known or imagined. In Jesus' name, amen. And that concludes the reading of chapter 7. In the next episode, we will be reading chapter 8, titled, Removing the Veil of Presence. I want to thank you for taking the time, and we'll see you on the next one. If it God means bless. that I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with you.